this is Ruth Friedman, and I serve as the Maharat at Ohev Shalom National Synagogue in Washington, D.C. And welcome back to my weekly Parsha podcast, Life Imitates Torah. This week we begin a new Sefer, a new book, um, the Bamidbar, with appropriately named Parsha Bamidbar. And as I discussed um, in, I think, last year's podcast on this Parsha, it's a, a book that is originally, it seems, designed to contain the story of how the Israelites, excuse me, got set up in order to enter the land of Israel. Meaning they're in the desert, they've gotten the Torah, they have the Mishkan, they have the tabernacle, and now we need to get organized and to to do the census and, and to divide up into each tribe and camps and all of those things to prepare to enter the land of Israel. And as of course we know, that doesn't happen because of the whole incident with the with the Miraglim, with the spies, etc. And they end up in there for for another thirty eight years. But of course, um, by the beginning of Bamidbar, we don't know that it's going to happen yet. Now, as part of this whole process of getting the camp organized, in the beginning of chapter two of Bamidbar, uh, we're told that one of the ways that they would get organized, well, Hashem commands Moshe and Aaron and says to them, "Here's how the people should camp." Ish al diglo beotot lebeit avotam yachanu bnei Israel mineged saviv leohel moed yachanu. I'll read the JPS translation. The Israelites shall camp, each man with his standard, with his banner, with his the house of his family, under the banners of their ancestral house. They shall camp around the tent of meeting at a distance. And then it gives uh, the whole way of organizing it in different directions, etc. But we see that what is at the heart of organizing each tribe and each family, each clan, let's call them, is this degel, this it's translated both seen as flag or banner, right? Some kind of large visual representation of that tribe that corresponds to the particular tribe, right? So each tribe had their own flag, their own banner that represented them. And so the question, of course, to ask is, well, what does that mean, right? What does it mean with the signs of their house of their fathers? What did these flags actually look like? And so today I just wanted to look at three different possible explanations. There are more that are given. A lot of, some of them overlap. Um, a lot of them come from, from the Midrash. But I just wanted to, to bring three different examples because I thought it was really interesting. So Rashi quotes two opinions. We'll look at the first one. Um, and he says that each flag had the different color that corresponded to that particular tribe on the Choshen Mishpat, right? So the Choshen is the breastplate that is worn by the Kohen Gadol, by the high priest. And there are 12 stones, each a different color, that correspond to the 12 tribes. And so according to this first opinion in Rashi, each tribe just had this big piece of cloth that was the color of their stone on the Choshen, and that is what represented them, right? So it's just a visual signal, a visual color coding of each different tribe. I think that's definitely the, the simplest explanation. 
The Ibn Ezra, um, he says that each flag had the symbol of that particular tribe, hearkening back not to the identity of the tribe as a people, but to the brother, um, the ancestral brother um, that each tribe is named for, and has the symbol that represents each of them. So for example, for Ruvain, um, his symbol is the the mandrake, the image of the mandrake, the Dudaim. Um, for Yehuda, it's a lion, right? These are images that we might be familiar with from, you know, various things, stained glasses we've seen in shuls or what have you, right? That each tribe gets their own symbol, um, mostly animals, etc. right? And so that that is the symbol, according to the Ibn Ezra and others, that that is the, what the visual representation was of each tribe. The Chizkuni presents an explanation that I find, frankly, kind of bizarre, um, and, and says that what was the symbol of each of the house of the Avot? Excuse me. He said that, so the three Avot are Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, right? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so he says for Ruvain, who is the oldest brother, right? And therefore the first tribe in that sense, Ruvain's flag had the letters Aleph, Yud, Yud standing for the first letter of each of the names, Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. And that then on the next flag, there were the second letters in each of those names. That would be Bet, Sari, and Ayn for Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. The third flag had Reish, Chet, Kuf for the third letter of the names Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. So that it, this is taking and so on and so forth. Although, frankly, I don't totally understand what so on and so forth means past um, the fourth group, because that is when um, Yitzchak and Yaakov don't have any more letters. So I'm, I'm, frankly, I'm not totally, I, th I think this is it's a very strange image, right? But and, and one that I think that certainly I could only remember all of that off by having written it down and then reading it. And so to look at a flag and see those random letters and remember then, oh, those are the third letters in each of their names. So it must correspond to the third tribe. Well, you know, certainly not everyone's brain works that fast. And so I don't know how actually practical this would have been. Um, and also, I mean, I think that the advantage of this type of explanation is that it's, I guess, fairly literal. Otot levet avotam. Um, the signs of the house of their fathers, not meaning their tribal fathers, but literally the forefathers, right? Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Now, what is the significance of having these three different explanations, right? Why, why bother going through this? Now, I think that if you take a step back and consider it um, on a more bird's eye view, it's actually a really interesting question that these Mepharshim are asking and answering. Now, so to go in reverse order of what we just saw, for the Chizkuni, when you say each man or each, excuse me, each person camps according to the flag of their fathers, we mean fathers as literal as possible, going all the way back to Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, who are the fathers of all of us, right? So that this isn't something that represents tribalism necessarily. It's a way of dividing, but it represents that we all come from the same people. Right. And then we all have a part of Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. According to the Ibn Ezra, who said it had the symbols of each tribe. Well, 
now we're not talking about Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. We're talking about the 12 brothers. But we are still talking about those 12 brothers, not as 12 tribes, but as 12 brothers. Right? We're talking about them in the historical context. We're talking about what is the connection, the biblical connection, each brother, not each tribe, each brother had to a particular animal or what have you, and therefore using that as a representation. Right? So it's about... It's about connecting each tribe back to its original ancestor. And then, of course, for Rashi, for Rashi's first explanation that we talked about, the colors of the Hoshen, there's none of that, right? The, the color of the Hoshen is a new invention, right? It doesn't connect back to, it doesn't, the original identity of the brothers, right? Or of the fathers, right? You could you could certainly have the Hoshen with no need to read all of Sefer Breshi. And so I think that, you know, it's interesting then to think about when I feel, I guess what I'm trying to say is what I feel like these three explanations I'll get at is what is the beginning of our history, right? What is the beginning of any individual's history, of a family's history, of a nation's history, et cetera, right? Is our identity about who we are today? just like Rashi's explanation, connecting it to something real life tangible for that day with the, with the Hoshin that the Going Gods all wears. It do, does our identity go back to the original ancestor of our tribe, just like Ibn Ezra says, or does it go all the way back to the original ancestors of us as an entire people? And I think that this really gets these questions of how far back do you go, right? What, how do you represent yourself in the modern day vis-a-vis your history, I think are really questions that are at the heart of Bamidbar in a certain sense. Everything that's going to happen from now on is about the next generations, right? It's about the people, I mean, certainly after the Meraglim, the people entering the land are not the ones who left Mitzrayim. These are not the people who left Egypt. These are the people who are forging a new identity as the Israelites who are actually going to be living in the land of Israel. And I think one of the recurring themes that we see in the rest of the Torah is how much of your history, how much of your identity do you bring into that? Right? When are you allowed to just be yourself and not just be, you know, the the descendant of Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov? When are you allowed to be yourself and not just be the descendant of Reuven, for example? Right? When do you get to own a narrative, and when are you simply a a pawn, a pawn, but like something like that, like a, a, a simply a descendant of an original history, right? And then think about like a Pesach that the commandment is, you know, we should behold over our door. And every generation, we are supposed to see ourselves as if we left Egypt, right? We are supposed to get at the heart of our identity is that the same people who left Egypt. Well, you know, questions like this are, is that realistic? But also, how do you preserve your pride in your own identity as a person in any modern day situation, right? In the here and now, while also preserving the connection to that history. And I think that these three explanations really run the gamut of what those possibilities are. And I think really offer a lot of food for thought for how we think about and forge our own identities today. So Shabbat Shalom and also happy Shavuot and have a wonderful Yantiv.